Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are so spoilt for choice in relative podcasts to listen to. So the fact that you are choosing to listen to me on this podcast makes me so proud. And I just want to say thank you. And please remember to follow the subscribe button so you're notified of all new guests that we are so honoured to have on our show. Whilst you're listening, I just want to thank our proud partners over at Needy and Inclusion Crowd. We'll explain a little bit more about them later on in this episode. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's guest. This is an episode which will pack a punch in regards to maximizing your personal brand on LinkedIn and how to curate your content successfully. What lessons we can learn if you are either a digital nomad or as a business leader, you're thinking of putting a remote or a hybrid option back in. How do you build a global business? And what lessons can a global leader share with us in terms of their personal journey to leadership? You're going to love this episode with Amar Choan, who is the co-founder of Hoxo Media and the former sponsors of our podcast, I went on their Personal Brand Academy in 2020, and so I'm a huge professional and personal advocate of what they do to transform you as the go-to person on LinkedIn. So this is an episode I think you're going to get, whether you are a start-out recruiter, whether you're an experienced recruitment professional, whether you're somebody thinking of setting up on your own, or you're a leader of a business now. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am so proud and so honoured to be welcoming to our global community today somebody who I've had the absolute privilege and honour to get to know over the last three years and I'm hoping that he will be no surprise to any of you but I'm going to let him introduce himself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Amar Chohan. Have I said that right? In hello, way? hello, you did, you did, hey! yeah, Chohan, Chohan, ah, there Chahan. you go. You I want to be did, authentic with it and he is the co-founder of Hoxo Media and for anyone who's been following our pod since we started in 2020, we had the absolute honour of being sponsored by the guys at Hoxo Media for two years so we will always have a special place in our heart but for those who are not, for some reason, familiar with who you are and what you do, please introduce your business and what you do thank you thank you and we love you as well Leisha we've, um, we've loved uh, sponsoring the podcast it's been, it's been awesome over the years um who am I so I'm Amma um I'm co-founder of Hoxo we are now entering our sixth year in the uh, in the recruitment in the recruitment branding space and um mm. we've been on we've been on a you know an awesome journey over that period of time we've done and all sorts um but i think right now we're we're really really clear in terms of the things that we're doing we we're supporting businesses across the globe around um personal branding and, and company branding um so all things branding we're uh we do some really really awesome things and i think now more than ever it's a it's a period with that that businesses are really starting to to take on board and um and, and it's awesome yeah we're, we're having a really good time yeah. doing it as well and that's, you know, and, and just to kind of contextualize how I got to know you guys so brilliantly, I actually did the Personal Branding Academy 
in the you did you were brilliant you were great in the height of the pandemic god if you look look back now and think we were all we were all a bit like oh my god what are we doing and I knew that I was probably doing about 50% of contribution because I was always happy to share content, but I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a scooby's what I was doing. Yeah. And I always say to anybody that asks me about, you know, the why and how I did the, the Branding Academy was because I knew I needed a strategy and that's what it gives you. But you know what? I think that's such an, it's such an important point that you made. Like I just, I literally mm-hmm. just got off um, the phone to a girl in Australia now prior, uh, prior to shooting this. And uh, I think there's two reasons why people are not focusing on their brand myself included um and they tend to be fear number one right mm. I mean you're having this conversation is pretty safe you know for whatever reason you don't enjoy what we're talking about I can put the phone down <laughs> I can dust myself off my ego might get a little bit of a bashing but mm. I can get back onto the other call in a pretty safe place whereas putting yourself online mm. you know 10,000 people may see that mm. 3,000 may not agree with that and there's a genuine gut-wrenching fear that's attached to that. And, and I see that across a lot of customers that I speak to. Mm-hmm. And then the other aspect tends to be structure, framework, know what to do. Like if I take you, for when I remember when we spoke and um, you were doing bits, right? You were pushing mm-hmm. your content mm-hmm. out there. So there wasn't a fear attached to it because yeah. you, were, you, were, you were ambitious enough to kind of push yourself out there. But it was a little bit all over the place that, you know, yeah. you, you didn't know, you didn't really understand, you know, what you were doing for, why you were doing it. And, um, and I yeah. think by working together and adding that structure, you, mm. you've been awesome and you, and you flew, haven't you ever since? Yeah. So, uh, they well, I, to- well, I did. And, and I, I think I, I'm really pleased that's our starting point because I think, you know, there, you do get two kinds of people online anyway. You get those who observe, who tend to not share, uh, who are yeah. perfunctory and see that they should be on there. And then you get those like me who some would say, overshare um mm-hmm. but, I, but actually I can choose what I want to share because obviously it's me and it's about Leisha and it's about key recruitment and it's yeah. about the podcast whatever it might be and I think you know there's a lot of um sort of speculation I guess about this sort of authenticity and what the personal brand even mean and for me I think that's where you know and I want to come on to how we curate this you know just forget the rhetoric for a minute this is yeah. about you being able to on a mass level speak to your ideal customer and that's for me what the strategy gave me that I knew I was happy to do it and I mean I've never I'm never short of content ideas because I've been doing recruitment 25 years I'm nearly 50 if I haven't got some experience that I can share or get an opinion off someone and I do think you know that there are more people that are happy to sort of put the fear to one side but it's got to have a substance to it and and I think that's where having the strategy allows you to see what the why is about why you're doing it and making it more yeah. meaningful. So but you hit the point then around authenticity though. I think that mm-hmm. that is again, a really true point. The amount of people mm-hmm. I talk to and they go, you know what? I don't want to overshare. I don't want to put loads of personal content about my dog and you know, my, <laughs> my house move or my holiday yeah. or holiday yeah. pictures. I don't want to do that mm-hmm. um, because everyone on LinkedIn is doing it. One, that's false. That's just mm-hmm. your echo chamber in terms of people mm-hmm. who are, who you're seeing on the platform and two that's authentic to them right so it's yeah. uh it, it has to be what you're comfortable with mm. um when it comes to to sharing content i think on linkedin mm. um and yeah no i think you do do a wicked job at it as well yeah i just i mean my advice is always to anyone whether it's introducing them to you as a potential you know um customer for hoxo media or just genuinely asking for feedback or they're, or they're asking for my opinion is you've just got to imagine you were doing a business development call or you were doing an introduction call to a candidate what mm. would you say how would you say it 
but that's what you replicate then online that's all you're doing but you're doing it yep. to a mass audience and it's not going to appeal to absolutely everybody and but then are they your target audience so i just think sometimes don't overthink it yeah and agreed just agreed. just fucking do it as they say so in terms of i mean obviously we our main audience is on linkedin and yep. i think that's where you know i I can't see that changing for the foreseeable future. And I don't know whether you've got any data to back that up for me, but I mean, what do you think we've talked about curating content and, you know, what does good actually look like to you now when you see a potential customer, for example, like we know we can help these guys. What, what does good look like from a content point of view? The recruiters recruitment podcast is thrilled to be partnering with inclusion crowd inclusion crowd put the d into diversity but do it disruptively we love that really reflecting what we're about i was introduced to inclusion crowd back in 2020 and i've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector they believe at inclusion crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An inclusion crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode. And remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. I think, I think stats to back that up. I think, I think the first thing you've got to look at is, you know, when I was in recruitment six years ago, um, LinkedIn in many ways was just a glorified jobs board. And the users, I think it had something like 60 million users at the time. Right. That's now gone this year. I think it will surpass over a billion users. So there's there's more and more and more people who are who are flocking to the platform. And mm. and actually, some of the fastest growing areas within that are areas that you wouldn't necessarily associate with LinkedIn. So, for instance, right. healthcare is mm. an area. I think I did a search the other day. There's something like 10 million doctors now on LinkedIn wow. um, who are utilizing the platform. Education is another one as well. So teachers. Yeah. And so the professional services across all realms are really, really flocking to that platform. Mm -hmm. So I think we don't have a strategy around it and it isn't a core part of your, your thinking, then you're missing out, right? Because a big core part of your audience will be on that. Um, mm. So I think that's the first consideration. I think authenticity mm. has to be, you know, a big part of it. I think me replicating you mm. um, 
it, it gets found out really, really quickly. And that's where you may, you know, you're just doing things for, for doing for sake. And, mm. and Sean always talks about four areas, which I think are bang on. And we talk mm. about this in our academy when we teach it, which is the first part is get your profile right when it comes to LinkedIn. Now, if you think about it, it's your it's your specific landing page. If someone's made the effort to, to come onto your page, you want to be absolutely crystal clear what you do and what value you might be able to add that individual. And often what we do is we we build our LinkedIn profile when we first get into recruitment and then we do nothing with it, whereas mm. our journey has changed somewhat over that period of time. So that's, for me, the first part is get that absolutely crystal clear. Mm. The second phase for me then is LinkedIn is probably one of the only platforms that you can build a very specific audience. Now, mm. the majority of recruiters... And I, and I probably champion these more than anyone else is the niche recruiter, right? So if you are in software development and you're working with React and that's the exact niche that you work with, but having mm. a connection strategy where you can take yourself from 1,000 connections to 10,000 by the end of the year, mm. that is so powerful. Imagine having 10,000 people that you're connected with from an organic perspective, that is that is that is massive, right? And then mm. once you've got your connection strategy, right, then you want to understand your engagement strategy, right? Because... Again, you want to have a strategy where you can where you can talk to these individuals in in a certain way. And we we obviously have our PVC methodology, which is the personal side of it. Show your personality, humanize who you are. Then it's the valuable aspect of it. Yeah. What's actually happening within your target market right now? What conversations are you actually having right mm. now within your target market? And then it's the credibility side, right? The good mm. work that you're doing. What things have you actually done? within mm. the last week, the last month within your world. So the engagement strategy is, is really, really key. Mm. Now, I think often people end at that point mm. and they miss the whole point of doing this, right? Two reasons why I would want to build a brand myself. And they tend to be, reason one is around, I just want to have a better way of conversing with people. Yeah. Right? I, I don't enjoy cold calling. I don't enjoy speaking to someone who has no idea of who I am. <laughs> Having 15 seconds to do an elevator pitch to keep them on the phone it's not an enjoyable job and after a while you'll burn yourself out is that's the only way of working what I do enjoy is the way I'm conversing with people right now you know mm -hmm. they may not they might not know exactly what I do but they know of the brand they know of who I am they've been watching me they've been they've been seeing some value over that period of time mm -hmm. so I enjoy having a warmer conversation with who I'm talking to mm -hmm. um, more than more than not and then finally, I want to make more money from, from producing content, right? I'm not doing it for yeah. doing it's sake. I, yeah. I have got no interest in being a LinkedIn influencer and <laughs> having, you know, X amount of thousand followers. I want to make and convert more money for our yeah. business that we can reinvest and then we can grow, right? So they're the two elements. I want to have a better way of being able to convert yeah. to people and I want to be able to convert more conversations. So the mm -hmm. fourth principle that we talk about is once we've got the engagement strategy right, how do you convert? And, and if you think about it, once you've got people who are looking at what you're doing, who are engaging with what you're doing, mm. who are commenting on what you're doing, like that is such a warmer introduction, introduction route to yeah. anything else. Um, let me, like, I'll give you an example. When I was, um, I saw you at the expo in, in Birmingham yep. um, in October, and, mm. um, and I put up a post in September I think um, I got married um, and you know the wedding was awesome and I felt comfortable because it was authentic to me to put up a post about it and share it with my community right I was offline for a couple of weeks so I wanted to put up a post about it and share it with uh, with my community now 
I turned up at the expo, we had a stand at the expo. Yeah. And whereas a lot of people are going out and they're, they're trying to, in, you know, trying to get customers coming to them yeah. all the way through. I reckon I must have had 20 people who I've never spoken to, who I've never known. And they're coming to me saying, how was the wedding? I saw Congratulations. That. Oh, yeah, that, congratulations. I mean, it's just... But imagine if that's your first interaction yeah. rather yeah. than, hey, do you want to have 20 minutes to talk? I want to talk to you about personal branding and Hoxo and who we are. And, and, and it turns the other way around. And you're turning the sales conversation um, by, by doing that. So, um, so they're the things, the four principles that yeah. I think about. If you are looking at LinkedIn and you're thinking about, you know, being serious about um, building brand and what it can do for you, mm. um, I think those four areas are, are the areas that I would um, I would look at. I think there's a, there's a, a first of all, thank you for explaining all that so coherently and and concisely. And and I think, you know, I do I do think there's a real disconnect between those who are just going out for followers because of course followers yeah. are powerful now on LinkedIn because you can have unlimited followers although you're limited to connections. I have always had my strategy that I would rather have 20,000 followers who are all in recruitment, who will want to buy from me and see me as the go-to than yep. having 100,000 people where I don't know who they are and I don't care about what they do. So I think it's important to understand what you're, and you know, you listening to this now, you might be sat there thinking, I'm aiming for that 100,000, whatever yep. whatever your target is, but actually you've got to ask yourself why. Um, yep. in, I think the ROI is usually the biggest barrier when trying to persuade us especially for those listening who aren't leaders who are we get a lot of newbie recruiters by the way yeah. we get a lot that's our feedback and I've had offline conversations with them where they talk we talk about branding and you know their leaders are very reticent to spend any money they don't see the value in it and it's you know they're trying to plagiarize what they see other people doing and I always sort of reiterate and say well it, it is in like in any strategy in anything that you do where you have a purpose to it and you yeah. work hard at it you will then see the value in it and for me over the period of the sort of two and a half years that I since I did the academy with you guys yeah um my my absolute ROI is that now 50% of my revenue comes from purely from LinkedIn which oh. is significant it, at one point I mean it started out I think it was 10 or 15 percent so that's a significant amount of money yeah. based on my revenue but touching on that that's point though, like you, what, what you're talking about then is like the mm. the new guys who are coming into oh. the sector right now like, yes what an advantageous point you can have right now being mm. a newcomer coming into the sector where you know very quickly in a year's time you can build 5,000 connections and you're absolutely niche spark yeah. and you can start yeah, to, absolutely. Uh, and you can start to add value to them, you know, mm. in a way uh, that used to take years. years. And before. It, to it be did. able to build a network, mm. it takes like to see people on an individual basis. It, it take, you know, years. I, I worked in business change for many years. I worked in education for many years. I believe I had a great network, but yeah. my God, like it was, it was a one-on-one -on -one it's hard time right I whereas i've seen agree. some people now like we've got a girl in the academy who's two years in and i show mm -hmm. her as an example often but um she, she works for a business out in australia she's about two years into her recruitment career mm -hmm. she's got about nine thousand connections in a very very niche marketplace and she's averaging tens of thousands of of views of her posts which are relevant to her market mm -hmm. and she's converting and she's making you know she's she's building more than she ever has and she's building you know far more than some of the senior consultants that are out there right now um because and i, she, and I bet she's building more than if you put a, a, a clone of her in another company where she was doing traditional business development yeah. building out a network i bet she's absolutely smashing it 
compared to the traditional methods. And, and you've and got I, to think about the younger community coming in as well. Absolutely. Like, they are absolutely. You know, they're, they're glued to a phone. You know, these guys are, they're, mm. they're on social every day. They're, this mm. is the way that they communicate. This is the absolutely. way that they know. So imagine now a, mm. a youngster who is so social first coming in yeah. and you're just mm. giving them strategies of, right, here's 100, here's 100 cold calls, go out and make them. Like it's, they will want to shortcut the process. They're smart, mm. you know, the millennials um, now in the world are smart individuals and they want to, they want to find ways of, <laughs> of course, not just, ma- not just the new generation, by the way, older people like to do it as well. Yeah, true, I think, you're very true. Yeah. Sure, well, Sean, Sean himself, you know, he makes the point, doesn't he, in terms of, you know, being just much more efficient. You know, if you could make, if you could sit there and talk to even 5,000 people on a post, yep. it might take you 20 minutes to write or to record how many how many phone calls and how many hours would it take to get through to that many decision makers so I think it's an absolute I do think it's an absolute no-brainer and I think you know we we have to do you know that's why I wanted to bring you on because I know that you're the expert in what you do and it's about if if somebody's listening to this now who is in in the fledglings of their recruitment career you know there are ways that you can do it you do you're brilliant at hosting free events you know so Mm -hmm. even if your employer unfortunately isn't prepared to invest there is still ways that you can elevate yourself. So don't give up on it. And I think it's, you know, there's been some really good learns here. I wanted to talk to you as well, because I think one of the things that is definitely becoming um, a sort of, I guess there's a dichotomy of those that are being forced back into the workplace and those companies that are embracing the sort of digital nomad hybrid working. And I think, I definitely know where Hoxo Media is. So how have you managed to create a global workforce yourselves that feel connected? Could you, I think as an outsider looking in, you do genuinely look like you've got real connectivity, real community internally within Hoxo. How have you managed to do it when you're all so dispersed across the globe? No, what is it? I think you're absolutely right. And we are fortunate. Like we have got such a connected team um, in our business. And I think we may, firstly, I think it starts with making the decision um, right. of, I mean, we're fully remote. We're a fully remote business. That's that's the first step. Um, there's no ambiguity around that. We're not, yeah. we're not part in, we're not part out. We are fully remote. Um, reason being, um, pandemic hit. We had a lovely office out in Bethnal Green um, and, I think I was the only one going in for about best part of 12 months. And oh. we made the choice that actually, you know what, we're going to shut yeah. this down and we're going to trial glo- we're going to trial um, remote working. And I think for us, first thing you have to do is you, you have to make a decision with it, right? Whether mm. it's blended, whether it's fully in the office, whether it's fully remote, yeah, the decision needs to be made. It can't be bit part. Um, yeah. For a little while, we were a bit part and that ambiguity really um, rippled through the business. But I think as soon as we started to, to talk about it the way that we wanted to then, then we made it really really clear um mm. i think the second part is we've, we've got probably half our workforce based out in south africa um and i think the reason for it has to also make a play so for instance if you are thinking about outsourcing and you are thinking about remote working i think you have to research right mm. around certain elements now south africa made sense to us because from a time zone <laughs> perspective yeah. it worked well with us um from a skill set perspective, if I think about digital skills within South Africa, universities out there are great in terms of bringing in new talent within right. that space. So from a skill set perspective, it worked really, really well for us. Um, and then I think from a, just every other part, like work ethic and um, culture fit, et cetera, as well, worked, worked, worked really, really well for us as well. So I think having some sort of research around talent pools and and what that looks like is really, really key. Um, 
I think technology and tools again are another area to, to think Definitely. about seriously when you are mm. looking at remote like we've got um I know a lot of businesses use slack but we use google chat and oh, our right. chats are they are they're popping every single day right we've got a dedicated people manager who um, gets around the team um she also uh, is very very kind of um both come in when it comes to chat and getting <laughs> conversation moving as well. I think one of the areas that you've got to be careful about, and it's probably an area that we've um, we're really focusing on this quarter, is the collaboration piece. Because mm, yeah, you can be very siloed in working independently and remotely, and I yeah. think you have to you have to kind of force and make time for collaboration yeah, more do. than if you were in the office so do you mean book it, booking it actually in as, an, as a meeting as a dedicated booking time. actual time booking yeah, meeting definitely. times and, and as a business accepting that you're not just living in blocks of you know client calls and blocks of no. specific tasks for yeah. our individuals I think you have to accept that some of your time is going to be mm. spent on collaboration and you Internal might not be able to report customers. for it yeah mm. it's, it's mm. exactly that so mm. I think we have like for instance on a um every Wednesday we call it coffee o'clock where oh. anyone can jump in at 3 p 3 p.m and talk about anything right you know any topics etc around certain things we have um weekly uh, get-togethers as well um where every Friday we do town halls etc so everything that you would normally do in a in-person business right. we ensure God. still happens in a um in a business like ours as well so God. I think that, that I like, that's one aspect. I like, I think, I like the collaboration we element. And I think that's, I, I see that actually, we, that's almost been lost a little bit since we've come back from COVID. Certainly with those businesses that have gone either sort of the blended hybrid slash back in yep. the office, it's just we've, we've reverted to type because that is what human beings do. But yep. if you think about the collaboration that everyone was forced to have to do and cre being creative, I love that you've kind of, taking that and sort of taking it almost to the next level really and it, it clearly works for you what what are the downsides yeah. do you think of being a fully remote business come on be honest with us i, I mean i think it's the, the downsides i think fairly obvious right you don't mm. get to see your team every yeah. single day and we've and we have an awesome team like every yeah. like the individuals are what makes makes yeah. hot in many ways so not seeing them weekly to go down the pub or to yeah. just you know to, to grab a coffee with or to spend a little bit of time with that that is the physical downside, but yeah yeah the, but the you do see each other yeah. you do you and Sean do make an effort you do sort of get together with them don't yeah. you they get together and stuff so we what we try to do is we try to do two AGMs a year where in in South Africa they're in Cape Town and then we tend to do even London or we did one in Sheffield Sean manages to get us up there actually yeah, obviously yeah um, <laughs> but we do we, we try to twice twice a year get God. together in in person mm. um and it works right now but I do mm. think I don't think you can be absolutely rigid with these things either. I don't mm, think you should like have a plan and go like, this is our plan for the next mm. five years. I don't think you can. Mm. I think you have to, I think you have to consider continuously sense check. Like hence when I talk about collaboration, like mm. that is a real thing right now that we feel mm. we have to yeah. lean into a little bit and we have to, we, we have to try to kind of work mm -hmm. on. So I think, um, I think naturally those things will, will come out. Like one of the things that we also do that, helps us as a business is we do um three times a year uh, internal css scores as well so we right. you know within that there's a lot of questions around what the team are actually feeling and thinking about the working situation itself so Good. you know we're, we're honest we're not going to be able to work on everything but 
there's two three things every quarter that will will give a really good go on and yeah. um, you're asking for feedback you're not just yeah. like you say you're not doing it regardless and I love the yeah. lean in element I think that's a really important part of your culture actually yeah that I think you are very open to that so I think that's really important well that's been really useful because there'll be plenty of people that will be listening because we do have a global audience which we're really excited about and we you know we've always got people popping up in new places so welcome good. and you must come and say hi as to where you are listening for, to the podcast so before yeah, we let you go you obviously at some point you were a teacher then you moved into recruitment and then yep. at some point whether it was over on a run or at the pub you and Sean decided to launch your own initially it's going to be a recruitment business but then obviously it became a recruitment marketing business so if yep. you could turn the clock back to that point where you were sat there thinking let's launch on our own what advice would you give to yourself now of what you've learned over the last six years we are so proud to be partners of needy the gifting revolution here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. I would say, um, say firstly, the point that I'd make on that is I actually wouldn't change anything. I, I genuinely wow. wouldn't, right? I, I actually think that, I don't know, I'm a firm believer in life that things are just meant to be, right? And I think yeah. uh, I think from that perspective, you you can't lose. You know, if you look at everything as a learning, then you're, you're going to be fine. And actually, I think our business is in a great place today because of absolutely everything that happened beforehand. Yeah. Um, if I was to think of hindsight and perspective, um. I'd probably say a couple of things. I'd say on a personal level, albeit I own a branding agency, personal branding is something that I've actually taken seriously for the first time over the last 12 months. Yeah. And mm. it's been transformational. Like really mm. has been transformational. I've been consistent and I got over a million views on my own content last year. And it is it has led for myself to have so many more opportunities and even like this conversation right now, right? Mm. Um and I think and I think if I started that earlier, um that wouldn't have been harmful that would have been you know that would have been great and mm. who knows where that would be now but I'm excited to see where that goes so I think maybe starting that earlier at some point for myself I think um the other thing is I think with perspective I'd look at key hires in certain positions mm. like if I think you know the earlier parts of what we did um I mean Sean had some ridiculous roles even within our own business right um, we were very strategic at times yeah. within marketing but I think as soon as we started to hire some more experienced people in mm. certain roles it really fast-tracked um 
and accelerated our growth in, in many ways. Um, I, I won't kind of go into the individuals now, but there are certain individuals that are coming to the business and really added structure and mm. experience and and ownership and accountability in certain departments that yeah. I think actually if we did that sooner, then I think we would have kicked on. But again, I, it's all hindsight. And then finally, I think um, I think as a business owner, you should you have to invest in yourself and, yeah. and you know I'm really really lucky I've had some awesome mentors in my time since business and, and I've got a coach that I work with um just on a on an individual level that Sean's spoken to um Aria for instance um and I think that keeps you sane and that keeps you accountable and it keeps you on track um, often as a young business owner you only know what you know and I think absolutely <laughs> you know if people can kind of give you a bit more context or a little bit more of an idea of what's in front of you then I think mm. and a little bit more clarity within your own mind I think it gives you it gives you um it gives you that you know fuller version of yourself so I think Ooh. those three things I would I would look at but again the, the first point still stands I, I actually definitely no I love I love the pragmatism I have to ask that because as well as the cohort of people we get ten, we tend to get two types of feedback on the podcast directly messages to me which I absolutely love by the way the first as I've already mentioned tends to be those on the on the starting out on the journey and then the second is either people that are thinking of setting up on their own or it is leaders who have yep. appreciated other like the guest vulnerability or some of the testimonies that they shared and I think your pragmatism stands will stand the test of time. I'm like you, even though we create opportunity, I'm a huge believer that what will be will be. Um, yep. And I don't think you should beat yourself up because if you're if you're not learning from your lessons, then just why are you even here? Um, but I I really love the sort of perspective that you've got on you know I think having an external coach. I mean, Dr. Ari's actually been on very kindly. Sean introduced me, and and he was yep. absolutely he's he's insane, isn't he? If anyone isn't following him. He was actually on Stephen Bartlett, wasn't he? As well, he's 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 a brilliant he's, he's a he's brilliant brilliant guy. He's just he's just tremendous. But I I think you know hiring in brilliant people and strategizing where you want to be and making yourself accountable as a leader is something that not many leaders will probably openly admit. So mm. I think and I, and I do think you know and I know that you just Sean in particular I know obviously talks about it in 2022 a lot around the academy. You know leaders taking that sort of lead role quite literally on sharing their story on LinkedIn talking it's you don't realize how inspiring it is and how many people not just within your business but externally aspire to learn from people that have gone through their journey and are, share, are happy to share it so I think there's so much in that final answer that you've just given us that I, I can't yep. thank you enough it's just been as I knew it would be full packed full of content but packed full of really sensible practical advice that i think anybody can take from today so i can't thank you enough thank you so much for joining us today pleasure. thank you for having me pleasure um, welcome appreciate that and we'll make sure that everything's available if anyone wants to connect obviously we're huge advocates of hoxo media brand academy so you know get in touch but thank you for joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast <laughs>